Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There's reports everywhere that Jerry Jones is stalling the negotiations of the Roger Goodell contract extension. And it, it came from Schefter and Chris Mortensen at first. Oh, Mikey B's got some pepper. What do you got there? Imodium. Imodium? All right, I guess there I'll, you go. That'll I'll, knock yeah, it I'll, out. I'll take that. Do we have any? Yeah. I guess I could take this without water. That, that, that oh, man. This looks like this moment. has been. This expired in 2013. You'll be fine. But it's not going to work, though. Yeah, it will. It's expired in January of 2013. <laughs> take the stuff, man. Your condition, you just take it. But it's not going to work if it's it expired. Will it will work. Google expired Imodium before I take this. <laughs> I mean, this is, we're talking over four years ago. Four, Has it been open? Years. No. Okay, well, it's fine. No, it's not. But well, but things. Shake it up. Shake it up. You'll be fine. Shake it up. It's a little pill. I'm supposed to shake it off. Oh, you have a pill. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you're good. Those pills don't expire. It says it expires. Yeah, don't believe the hype. But five years ago? Yeah, that was a good year. It was a good year for Imodium? What is it? A Merlot? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it ages well. <laughs> Expired Imodium. Are you taking it? I don't, I don't think I you should. You don't have a choice, do you? Yeah, I do, because I don't want to take something that's expired and then not be able to take something that's actually going to help me. How is it going to help me if it's not going to work? It's going to work. It's, it says the expiration date signals when you can expect the loss of potency to begin. <laughs> I mean, so it's not going to work. Well, I'm not going to get it. sick. In but... your condition, try it. You won't get sick. God. This is just the worst. Yeah. There's nothing worse than this. Well, there is, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm ex- in here, I got you the... You should be willing to try anything. I got a, like, it's 66 degrees in here. I'm still sweating. Oh, wow. Yeah, this you are pill. in a sweat. Mm. Does this, do you think you. this pill knows that Trump's president? It's probably going to be shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I lost his potency. Yeah, I mean, jeez. I mean, I mean, this pill is... <laughs> I can't take this. Oh, you are... Did you talk to your Look, wife? I take the pill. I'm not going to take it. I did. Oh, All right, not... so we talked to his uh, wife. Mikey B's wife is a doctor, so... So it's not going to be effective... But it's not going to hurt you or anything. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So there's no so, point. I mean, it might do the trick, but if it expired four years ago, it's probably not uh, good enough. Yeah, all right. To stop stuff. Yeah. Is it good enough to stop the rumbling for a little bit? I don't probably. There's only it? one way to find out. I yeah. know. Take but, it. But what if I take it, it doesn't work, then I could take like other stuff that will work? Because then I'm combining things. That's not good. This is a problem, Brian. Well, you give the boy a molly, and then we... A m- molly? What, that? what are you talking about? Percocet, something, please. Oh, my God. Come on. No, I don't uh, think that's going to work either. Yeah, Orgeron could have used a few of those the other night. Oh, man. Yeah, all right, I'm going to try it. Here we go. Down, right, thank down, you. Down the Damn. Hand. It's like getting a kid to eat his vegetables. Mm. You just taking... Are you taking one or two? Huh? <laughs> uh. 
It disintegrated in my mouth. It was so, it's so old. It dissolved that quickly. Oh, it's like a, oh, it's like dust. That's some good stuff. I remember my my first, uh, let's say, interaction with Imodium AD. Oh yeah, in college. I think I told you that story. All right, we'll see what happens beat, here. Beat up on TCU and stayed there because my brother played for TCU. Stayed there in Fort Worth. Went out, enjoyed the little party there on campus, and met a nice, beautiful hottie. And as we were exiting. The party, yeah, all of it came out of me. Oh, Boom. Never saw her again. Anyway, sick as a dog. Got back to Austin, and trainer gave me some Imodium AD. Pfft. A couple hours, I was feeling. You were good. I was feeling bullish again. All right, yes. well, we'll see if this Imodium AD from vintage yes. year 2011. Yep. It's a good year for Imodium <laughs> if it works out. All right. <laughs> That's what Coop downstairs is saying. Hoppita. Hoppita. I'm going to be hoppita to the bathroom in the problem. All the final. way. Yeah, all, all, all the way. Hoppita all the way to the bathroom. All right. Uh, so everybody says that's reporting on this, and Schefter Mortensen uh, ended up reporting on this. They said if it, this deal would be done, this contract extension would be done, it was expected to be done before the season started, but – it's Jerry Jones who is holding this Roger Goodell contract extension up because he's ticked off about the whole deal with Ezekiel Elliott. Now, Jerry Jones, when confronted with this, because he never hides from a microphone, and I give him credit for no matter what's going on with his organization, he's mm-hmm. there to talk. And he right. said, all of that is without any substance at all. The exercise of looking in and extending our commissioner's contract is one that we keep really in tight, so there certainly are exaggerations there. That's not mm-hmm. the way that it works. I've always supported Roger, and let's just leave it at that. I wouldn't dare get into nuances and wouldn't deny anything that is written, whether it is true or not. Right. So, so hmm. I'm believing he is an, an impediment to this deal, and I think the, the sticking point uh, is the amount of money Roger is making. That, that, that's those are the reports that uh, Jerry is not but in line with the rest of the owners that? as far as his compensation. Well, why would he care about that? He doesn't think he deserves that much. You you, you think he deserves thirty forty million a year? Uh if he is involved as involved with negotiating these TV contracts as we're told that he is, then yes, he deserves that amount of money. Because that's the bread and butter of the league. It has the revenue sharing that happens. It's just, it's been amazing, the boom of the league and how much money these teams make. I mean, you know how expensive these franchises, how much they're worth now. Yeah, and, billions. And, and, and I know that it's not all Roger Goodell, but he's been in charge of this league while this growth has been going on. So he's probably, if you think about it, I mean, he might be making not enough money. Uh, for what his his value is, but he's also done a lot of things that have made this league look bad. Uh, but as far as the revenue that it that it generates, uh, how expensive and how, uh, uh, these franchises, how much they're worth, I think the Roger Goodell is probably should be making that type of money. But I still think he's a bad commissioner. After well, it's that. interesting that he's he was in the crosshairs of Bob Kraft there in New England because of Brady Gate and, and or Deflate Gate, and now he's in the crosshairs of. of, of Jerry Jones, another high-profile owner in the league. And uh, so he can't seem to get out of the way. And and if Jerry Jones thinks he has wronged the Cowboys, and in particular Ezekiel Elliott, I I can understand why he would uh, step in the way of of a new deal 
being inked out or inked by uh, Roger Goodell. So I, I'm not surprised that uh, this is maybe the only way that Jerry Jones can showcase his angst and displeasure with the commissioner by standing in the way of him signing a new deal. Yeah, and I I would assume that it would get done eventually, and maybe Jerry's right. just doing this to send a message like, yeah. listen, guy, don't mess with us. <laughs> I could see him doing like a mobster move like that. Like, all right, you'll get your contract, you get your money, but I'm going to make you sweat yeah. it out a little bit. Right, right? yeah, because, we're going to delay this for a, for a little while. Right, you're going to mess with me, you're going to mess with my team, right. I'm going to make you sweat it out. I yeah. still think you've done a good job for us, and the league is growing, we're all making a lot of money, but... I'm going to make you sweat this thing out. and Kind of like you are right now, sweating oh, it out. Yeah, and, basically. Yeah. Modium AD from 2012. 2011. 2011 is. That's when it expired. It's holding out on you. So think about it. That's when this expired. Was, yeah. Was that, or no, it's, I'm sorry, it's 2013, not 2011. Yeah, see, you just gained a year. <laughs> I you just gained a little more potency. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm starting <laughs> to feel worse now. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Now, did this just hit you when you got to work, or was this last nah, night? No, it was this morning, and then I thought it was all out. It's not all out. So oh, dang. Oh, yeah, same. You've, you've been running all morning. Right? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been, but, you know, you know, you have to you have to play hurt some days. Yeah, you, 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 you got to clench your butt cheeks. And, you and know, talk about and Cherry Jones the best you can. Uh, uh, yes. That's what you got to do. Exactly. That's, that's what we're here for. All right, the Seattle Seahawks are a mess. I'm sorry. They, this team is not a good football team right now. Uh, I still think they've got a tremendous defense. Uh, that will keep them in every game. But, I mean, offensively, this offensive line and their lack of a run game and the fact that they cannot get the ball down the field, they are as inept on offense as just about any team in football. And that includes, I mean, the Jets have looked better offensively than the Seattle Seahawks have in a couple of weeks. So, and it's mainly up front to me. I mean, they've never been the same since they – the Marshawn Lynch has not been on that team, and they, they haven't been able to run the ball. I and mean, there was a couple of games here or there that Thomas Rawls would have a nice game, and you yeah. think, all right, good, you know, they're back. But that's really what it is. It's, Dude, it's- they can't block for anyone. They they are a atrocious up front. And, and I, I think other than Justin Britt, maybe everybody on that offensive line played a different position before they became an offensive lineman for – the Seattle Seahawks, they are terrible. Russell Wilson, two games in the season, is running for his life. He's going to be worn out by the time they get to week four, five, or six uh, if he makes it that far. They, they, don't, they won't have a running game because they can't block anyone up front. The only reason they're, uh, they won yesterday is because Russell Wilson used his legs and he's using them too much. He's already shell-shocked. Uh, this is a bad football team, and I don't know what they do uh, up front. Uh, it may be too late. I don't know if you can go out and elevate or maybe elevate someone on the practice squad. I, I don't know, aside from that, how do you make this offensive line play better than they've showcased right now because they are terrible to watch. Just watching some of that 49ers Seahawks game yesterday, you look look at Russell Wilson. Yeah, man, good, good that you uh, you dropped a few because you're going to need – you're going to drop some more. Uh, you know, by the time he this season's over, if he makes it through the season, he may be down to you know his weight he was in in high school or or, or junior high because he's going to have to run so much. Uh, and then you got receivers dropping balls, and uh, they just don't look well uh, up front because they're not, and they won't be able to run the ball. Yeah, and I mean the Forty ers and and this team, I would expect to get better as the season goes on. I did not expect them 
to have a shot at winning that game yesterday. I mean, and, and, they, and they did. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's pathetic. And when you look around the NFC and you you see the the Falcons and the way that they played last night uh, at home, and and you think about the best team, and they've just beat one of the other better good teams in the in the NFC. Uh, and and then juxtapose that to what we've seen from the Seattle Seahawks in the first couple of weeks. I mean, it feels miles behind, but uh, still early and and still a great defense. So uh, they're going to be in most every game. But I, like you said, how do you fix it mid-season? I mean, just right. uh, plucking guys off the waiver wire and elevating guys from practice squads. You just have to get better. And sometimes guys just can't, uh, especially playing that position. You are who you are. Uh, another team that used to have a ton of offensive line struggles, not so much, at least early on, Minnesota Vikings changing five starters from a year ago on that offensive line. But this was one of the most disappointing games of the day because I really thought that this was going to be a good one and, and one we could pay attention to and one of the better games in week two. But we find out around 11 a.m. Eastern time that Sam Bradford is not going to play. Case Keenum is the starting quarterback, and it just it, it wasn't pretty. And I know that he's had experience, uh, but he had a few of the first-team reps this week. Not enough. He was clearly not on the same page at all with anybody. And and, and you think about how in sync that offense was, uh, albeit against the New Orleans Saints, who have a terrible defense, but that Vikings offense was on Monday night. And the step back that they took, it was just a brutal, brutal watch that game. Just so tough. And I kept an eye on it, obviously, because my wife's a Steelers fan. I'm a Vikings fan. I watched a lot of it. It got to the point in the third quarter, I was like, I can't do I just can't do it anymore. I got to get off this game. <laughs> it's just giving me a headache. And Really? You oh. have to tough it out. That's what I did with my Cowboys, as painful as it yeah. was. I watched the whole thing, just had to tough it out. And and chalk it up to the dirt and let the rain settle it. And and you're correct with Keenum. You're not getting those first team reps, and you, you don't get in until late in the week. And then you're you're asked to go on the road and and play against a a tough Pittsburgh team. I didn't think uh, even with Bradford at the helm uh, they would have won the ball game. But uh, definitely when you got a backup heading in there and and Pittsburgh uh, looked much better and more more in, in, in sync. I would say uh, uh, as an offense. And Martavis Bryant, uh, you know, finally uh, gets back into the end zone. Been a while for him, of course, with the suspension. But uh, that was going to be a t- tough duty if you had Bradford, and it definitely was without it. Yeah, it was the first home game since the passing of Dan Rooney, so that was a big deal for the Steelers and their fans that day. So uh, you saw the t-shirt, t-shirts and the the patches on the jerseys, and uh, really honored him. I mean, that guy's just, you know, he's NFL royalty and he's, he's going to forever be missed. And there's, you don't hear a lot of people that are talked about universally in a good way when it comes to the NFL all the time, especially owners. Uh, but uh, he was he was definitely that guy. So it was a nice day for the Steelers, there's no doubt. Uh, home win, home opener, easy rocking chair victory and honoring Dan Rooney. But it was certainly a, a tough watch if you were trying to watch that game from the uh, the start to finish all right coming up next a bogus update and sage rosenfels is going to join us former nfl quarterback to break down the week two action we're coming right back greg giannotti brian jones on cbs sports radio it is a dirty monday everybody going through something <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah see like everybody over there for all the the holes are filled yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. i mean when uh, it's hard to Think about anything else when yeah. this is happening to you. Well, dude, that I had that, and, and 
it, it's interesting. You, you're experiencing that trying to do a radio show. Yes, that's difficult. I had that same sensation running down on a kickoff. Oh, game. no. You know how difficult it is to clinch clinch your butt cheeks and run down on a football field and try to hit somebody. No, 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 no I don't. Without spilling something. Uh, did you? No. Wow. That's, That's when I was an athlete, man. It wow. takes talent to be able to do that, to clinch and tighten that sphincter. All right. All right. Yes. And then go to boom on somebody. Yeah, we got you. Come on. It's pretty good, uh, man. It's impressive. It's impressive. Yes. Better man than I. Mm. Better man than I. Mine only had one career sack, but zero dirty pants. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. Access granted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here's Andrew Bogish with an update. Then Sage Rosenfeld's going to. Join us to talk some football. What's up, Bogey? Greg, the Green Bay Packers took the first loss in the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta last night, 34-23 on Sunday Night Football. Little went right for Mike McCarthy's team. Turnover ratio, they definitely won that. Uh, big play production. Uh, Atlanta was in a favor there. Um, you know, defensively, just not getting the stops. But I, I got to say, a lot of grit. They battled back. Uh, a lot of injuries. So, you got a long playing right at home. And I assume it's already snowing in Green Bay by now. The injury list includes wideouts Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and Dean Lyman, Mike Daniels. And Aaron Rodgers' pick late in the second quarter allowed Atlanta to take a 24-7 halftime lead. The route continued in the third when Desmond Trufant returned a Rodgers fumble 15 yards for points. Andy Reid hosted his old team from Philly at Arrowhead yesterday. Rookie running back Kareem Hunt made sure Reed got the win. Chiefs give it up to Kareem Hunt, trying to drop the hammer on the Eagles. He stays on his feet, grinding, 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 touchdown! Kansas City! And Kareem Hunt, his second touchdown of the second half, and the Chiefs have opened up a gash and a 13-point lead. Mitch Holt is on Chiefs Radio. Hunt celebrated by taking a nap in the end zone with the ball as his pillow. Stop sleeping on me. <laughs> that's what I just want to uh, let everybody know. And uh, pretty much that's, that's what I like doing, the scoring touchdown. Mm-hmm. No, no one's, one's been sleeping sleep- on you. No one's been sleeping on him. The second right. that we saw him in the preseason, people are all over this guy. And then when the Spencer Ware injury happened, people thought he was going to be a big back. Uh, this has actually not been surprising at all. Uh, what he's what he's been able to do. But, hey, whatever works, right? The Chiefs are 2-0 after the 27-20 final. Also 2-0, the Broncos, if they're whooping the Cowboys, 42-17. The Steelers, after a 26-9 decision over Minnesota and Carolina, after a 9-3 defeat of Buffalo. The Bucks are 1-0 after hammering the Bears 29-7. Preach, Jameis. Finally, we had a chance to play football. You know, if, if you talk to the guys, you, they will tell you that, you know, they were hungry to play uh, week one. We were, we, were, we were anxious to get out there. Uh, but it was a blessing in disguise because we got a chance to come back home and, uh, and get a victory in front of our fans, and uh, that was great. Yeah, uh, if you're keeping score, the blessing in disguise was Hurricane Irma <laughs> preventing them from playing week one in Miami. Oh, that's just bad. Sometimes yeah. he means well but ends up saying the wrong thing. Dolphins linebacker Lawrence Timmons left the team Saturday in L.A., ending his streak of 101 consecutive starts. Head coach Adam Gase didn't explain after a 19-17 win at the Chargers. The Washington Nationals closed Sunday on the diamond by snapping the Dodgers' four-game winning streak 7-1. Steven Strasburg scored the streak, ending at 35 innings. And Mark Leishman won the PGA postseason's BMW Championship. He, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas and John Rahm are the top five seeds now in the FedEx Cup standings. They can each win the $10 million bonus check by winning this week in the season finale in Atlanta.
boys. All right, Bogus, thanks. Joining us right now, Sage Rosenfels, 12-year NFL veteran quarterback. We've had him on before. Love hearing from him. Sage, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on this morning. So we were just talking about the offense of the Seattle Seahawks and how bad it's been early on, especially yesterday against the 49ers, and it's clear that it's that it's offensive line issues. Um, and we were wondering, how do you fix that? In season, is it possible to fix an offensive line at this point in week two with the struggles that they have? So other than quarterback, offensive line is the most challenging position on the football field. And in particular, it's challenging to coach. You have to take five men uh, who are really big guys uh, and have them all work in unison and go against five, uh, four or five other guys on the other side of the line who are better athletes than them. This is one of those things that can take years and years to develop. So uh, this is not something that you can just fix overnight. Uh, this is something that you fix uh, through drafting, through free agency. Uh, this is something that's fixed in the off season, not during the season. So, Sage, at what point do you say, the hell with this, I, I got to uh, deal with self-preservation here because these guys don't seem like they're going to ever get on the same page as far as blocking for me, and, and you just start running out of the, out of the pocket uh, to protect yourself. Well, that's right. And, and you know, the, the when you're a quarterback like Russell Wilson, uh, who really is a pocket passer, uh, and that's what people don't realize, he is a pocket passer that can make things happen outside the mm-hmm. pocket. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has do, been doing this style of football for a couple years where there's maybe not necessarily anything inside the pocket. They don't run the ball very well. So he'll go back if no one's open on that first read. He'll basically try to buy time and create and get out of the pocket and, and try to make something happen down the field to his receivers. They do have good receivers. They've got a good tight end. They've got good backs. But right now just running a traditional style offense in Seattle just is not going to happen because – it all starts with that offensive line that everyone's been talking about for really a couple of years now. Uh, since they were in the Super Bowl, that line has gotten worse and worse and worse. And uh, luckily, they have a quarterback who can create. Imagine Seattle uh, with, say, a, a Sam Bradford, who's just truly a pocket passer that can't do almost anything outside the pocket. Uh, they'd be in real trouble at that point. And the team that everyone expected to win uh, the NFC West right now, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're winning football games, but they don't look like a very good football team. Kirk Cousins is a guy that has not looked like himself in the first couple of weeks. Now they won yesterday, and uh, they were able to at least salvage that. But this is a guy that almost threw for five thousand yards last year, could do whatever he wanted uh, offensively, and has not looked like himself. What have you seen from him early on this year? Well, Kirk Cousins is a guy who is an executor. Uh, he is tremendous at executing an offense that's very detailed, very precise. Uh, that everyone knows exactly where they're going, that the reads are uh, are, are very precise. He, he's as good as there is in the NFL. He's not a playmaker like a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, but he's an executor. Well, they just lost their offensive coordinator in Sean McVay over to the uh, to, to the to the LA Rams as their head coach. It is an adjustment for any quarterback, no matter how good they are, to go from one coordinator to the next, even if they keep the exact same offense. You're going to see that. Uh, you saw that in Atlanta a couple of years ago they, when they went from one coordinator to Kyle Shanahan. His first year was okay. Second year was tremendous. So uh, I believe that the, the issues with Kirk Cousins not being as good uh, as he was uh, in years past uh, is because of the offensive coordinator. 
On the flip side of that game yesterday, Washington and L.A., Jared Goff, everyone singing his praises after week one win versus the, the lowly Colts. Uh, what have you seen in his progression? He did have a, uh, a late interception in the ball game yesterday. Well, he's still a young quarterback. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we talk about these guys uh, year one to year two, and, and he's definitely gotten better. I think anyone that's watched a Rams, the Rams games over the, first, the course of these first couple uh, weeks and watched the ones last, uh, last year, there is a huge difference in Jared Goff's play. Uh, he's a much better player. You can tell that Sean McVay's scheme fits him much better. Uh, he's more comfortable out there. He's more, uh, more accurate with, with the way he throws the football. But – He's still a young guy. He's still a 23-year-old, you know, second-year player with, you know, uh, maybe a dozen uh, or so starts underneath his belt. So he's going to make a lot of mistakes. Young quarterbacks always do. Shoot, veteran quarterbacks make mistakes. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins occasionally makes a really, really big mistake, and he's in about year six right now. So he's still a young quarterback. But you can definitely tell that uh, from year one to year two, an old offensive coordinator to now Sean McVay as the head coach and offensive coordinator. This has been a huge improvement uh, in his play, and I think that uh, the, the Rams now have figured out they do have legit, legitimate starting quarterback. I don't think they knew that through 16 games last year. Gio and Jones with former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels on CBS Sports Radio. So yesterday, before the Vikings and the Steelers kicked off, they're talking about Case Keenum, who gets thrust into action. It was a game-time decision for Sam Bradford, and then the age-old cliches of, well, the backup prepares like the starter, like he's going to start because you never know, and you always hear this. Uh, you were in a lot of those situations as a backup quarterback in the NFL. I actually think you should have had more of an opportunity to, to start. Uh, but uh, how realistic is that stuff? Is it just lip service to hear that, well, I prepared to be the starter? I mean, I, I mean, come on. Not everybody does that every week, right? Well, every quarterback is different, and, and for whatever reason, I was pretty good about coming off the bench with no reps in practice, you know, just running some scout team, and then actually running the offense fairly well. The other, the other type of backup who plays is what happened this week with Bradford. Bradford did not practice all week, so Case Keenum got an opportunity to run the offense the entire week. Uh, he had the entire game plan, uh, so he was well prepared for that football game. He didn't play very well. I don't know if Sam Bradford plays in that football game against the Steelers, if it makes a difference. The Steelers football team is probably a top-five team in the NFL. Vikings are probably somewhere in the middle. So, you know, Case Keenum played fine yesterday. Didn't play great. Didn't play terrible. Uh, I don't think it had a huge impact on the football game. Uh, it does help usually to get those reps during practice, uh, you know, throughout the week. You know, Sam Bradford was injured all week, obviously, so Case Keenum got those reps. Uh, very different than when starting quarterback who t- takes all the reps throughout the week gets hurt in, say, the first quarter. Now the backup has to come in with taking none of those reps. Uh, th- that's usually a bigger challenge for backup quarterbacks than the opportunity to go through practice and, and uh, you know, throw all the passes and make all the changes and make all the checks and all those things. Uh, and I thought he played pretty well yesterday. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is the new quarterback there for Indianapolis. Cole got his first start after the trade with New England. And he he played better than Tozine. He still you know, had a pick in that ball game. They end up losing to the Cardinals. But Tozine, a guy who's been there, why do you think it hasn't been able, or he hasn't been able to to catch on with what they're trying to 
what they're trying to accomplish there. I know he's been sitting behind Andrew Luck, but you're the guy now. Luck has been out for a while, and yet he can't get a handle on this offense. Brissett can come in in less than two weeks, and he can play better than the guy who's been there. Well, some quarterbacks are just better than others. Uh, that, that's that's true. one thing. <laughs> Number two, that Indianapolis Colts team is just not a very good football team at all. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, if they had, it, this very much reminds me of when, when Peyton Manning uh, hurt his neck, did not play. I believe that Colts team won two, maybe three football games. Uh, Peyton Manning ends up leaving after the season. They get Andrew Luck first pick in the draft. That was a really bad football team. Without Andrew Luck, this is probably a three- or four-win football team. With Andrew Luck, they're probably around 500. And uh, so they're just not a very good football team. Uh, Brissett is a better quarterback than Tolzien. Uh, you know, I think that's pretty obvious. He's got a stronger arm. He's more athletic. Uh, but at the end of the day, no matter who's uh, under center for the Indianapolis Colts, that's a bad football team, and they don't have a, a, you know, much of a chance of winning football games. And, and it's, it's amazing for a quarterback. It's, it's amazing how well he plays with the limited amount of reps. Whether you go back to New England last year when he had his first start, played fairly well as a rookie, uh, or you show up a couple weeks uh, and, and then play, you know, for the most part, fairly well. Obviously, he, he threw, a, threw a big interception, but it's hard to come in there. That's why they have OTAs and training camp and all that offseason stuff. For anybody, it's, it's mostly for the quarterbacks to, to really run the offense, get on the same page, go through the reads, uh, you know, get comfortable with everything, all the audibles, all the checks. Uh, you can do almost none of that when you've only been there for two weeks. Gio and Jones and Sage Rosenfels across the country on CBS Sports Radio probably disagree with me, but I, I think Carson Palmer is, is close to, to finished, and I know losing David Johnson changes that entire offense, but uh, there's uh, especially in week one, just looked brutal, uh, took a big step back that offense last year. Uh, what are some of the signs from someone who's played the position at the highest level that you look for when you're saying, all right, this guy is, is really towards the end of his career? Well, Carson was never uh, – he, he, he was never a guy that, you know, created outside the pocket. He, he was a pocket passer, uh, extremely accurate pocket passer for years and years and years. And I noticed at the end of my career, uh, as my arm went from, you know, a pretty strong arm and it seemed like every year just dropped about 5% uh, in strength, uh, that I had to try to throw the ball harder, which created, my, created some accuracy problems for myself. You know, any, anyone that's trying to throw a baseball as hard as they can, they're not going to be as accurate. But when I was younger, I could just groove it. Ball came out nice out of my arm, and accuracy was there. So as I watched Carson Palmer over the last couple of years, I can tell his arm's not what it used to be, uh, which, which is causing him to probably uh, throw the ball a little bit harder, uh, which is causing some accuracy issues. And on top of that, Larry Fitzgerald is not 25 anymore. Uh, they lost their running back, David Johnson, uh, last week. So this... Uh, again, this football team just isn't what uh, isn't isn't it what what it used to be, and and Carson Palmer is not what he used to be either. Well, Sage, uh, Carolina, Cam Newton may not be what he used to be. That defense, they certainly are. They shut down Shady McCoy and and, and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh, when you look at Cam Newton coming off the the shoulder injury, I don't know if you've ever experienced. Uh, that injury or an injury in that area. Uh, what do you expect from him this season? Do you, do you see him eventually rounding into shaping and getting back to that Super Bowl or, or the MVP uh, season quarterback, Super Bowl season quarterback? 
You know, I, I don't know uh, what will get him back to that level of football. Uh, you know, the issue with Cam Newton has never been his athleticism. It's never been his arm strength. It's really never been his accuracy as a quarterback. He's an extremely accurate quarterback. I mean, he's one of the best natural throwers. I'd say him and Aaron Rodgers and maybe Russell Wilson are, are some of the most the best natural throwers in the NFL. Tom Brady's extremely accurate. But, but Cam Newton's biggest issues for the last couple of years since that Super Bowl run a couple of years ago has been about timing. And that was my biggest issue with having really no offseason for him, uh, not a ton of training camp, and then boom, right into the season uh, without having that, that whole off, all that offseason work. That's where you really work on the timing with your receivers. That's where you work on your progressions with your reads, with your footwork, going from one to two to three. Uh, and that's been his biggest issue, coming back, taking two or three hitches, trying to throw a ball that should be thrown on the first hitch. He's late, uh, which, creates him, which, which makes him uh, less accurate, uh, but also allows the defense to react and step in front. And he's got a huge arm, which is always made up for his bad footwork, but at some point you have to have good fork, you have to have good timing, uh, and that's always been my concern with Cam Newton uh, in particular the last couple years. Uh, he, he gets away uh, without having that great footwork just because he's you know so unbelievably gifted and he can do so many things. He can hurt a defense, obviously, with his legs uh, and, and the other things that he does. But uh, uh, that, that's always been my major concern with him It has been his footwork. Damn fundamentals always getting in the way, man. Yeah, but football, you know, it's a little different than, say, basketball or some of these other sports. I mean, the, everything works together. So uh, a quarterback's fundamentals are as important as the right tackle's fundamentals is important as the linebacker's fundamentals. So it's a team thing, uh, and everyone's got timing, and everyone has uh, trying to work together in this sort of machine. And when one person, no matter how uh, uh, talented that the cog is in that machine, uh, they have to work uh, and groove with all the other players, and that's uh, based off of those, uh, those precise fundamentals. Sage, thanks for the time this morning. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Sage Rosenfels, 12-year NFL veteran. I always thought that he was better than – the opportunities that he got um, in certain situations. Uh, he was with the Vikings for a little bit, and I wanted him to play more, and yeah. he never did. Cool so. name, too, Sage. What's up, Sage? Sage yes. Rosenfeld. Now, that sounds like royalty. Sage Rosenfeld sounds like royalty? Yeah. That sounds like... You, you don't meet that? a lot of sages around there. True. Yeah, it uh, is a cool I only know, too, the, the, the young lady on ESPN and this one. You know any more sages? <laughs> no. Uh, I know the it's like an herb or something, right? Sage? Right. Yeah, it's an herb. I know that. Yeah. yeah. But that's about it. Apparently, you had too much of it down in uh, New Orleans. No, not. I don't know what I had. I, mean, I, don't, but, I mean, I it's been a while since I ate some Cajun stuff. I don't know what it is. Bad, but I'm... Well, that's it. I think it's I'm okay, wild. though. Is Imodium... You feel better now? Is four-year-old Imodium supposed to make you drowsy? Because now I'm like, I'm starting... <laughs> Yeah, it's been a rough one. I feel pretty good about having battled through it. And I felt like I needed to tell you and the audience what was going on, you know. Well, uh, that's, yeah, the, that's that, the type of show o- we over, are. We call that oversharing. Yeah, yes. but, you know, you pull yeah. the curtain back and everybody yeah. knows. It humanizes yeah. you, you know. You've been pulling a whole lot back this morning. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, I have. Or down. Oh. Coming right back. Check us out on Facebook at Geo and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So uh, I didn't, this is good, tough for me because I didn't, I haven't gotten a chance to, to watch the fight. I was at a wedding. Uh, I didn't while, see it either. While it was going on. So I, I, I'm just 
being totally upfront with that. I read about it um, when they replay it. I'm going to watch it, but yep. unfortunately, I missed something that I was terribly excited about. And uh, with Triple G and Canelo, just because of circumstances, but that's the way it works. But all the talk after was this draw and the one card that favored Canelo, 118-112, and no one could understand why. So, I mean, if there's that many people screaming about it, then there has to be some sort of merit to it because there's Teddy Atlas is a big boxing guy who I trust his opinion was screaming about it. I know Canelo, it seemed like Canelo won some early rounds for sure. Right. Um, yeah. But it seemed like as the fight went on, Triple G ended up taking control. He still kept. So, so, wait, one judge, G had it 115, 113. Golovkin, one judge had it 114, 114. And the other, this bird, I think it's Adelaide Bird, 118 yeah. to 110. Canelo? Yeah. Whew. Right. Wow. So, and then because boxing's got issues with trusting it, then people are going to think that she was corrupt. Now, I, I think that if this fight was. As, as good as everybody says that it was, then to me, this is a good thing for boxing, even though it was a draw and it's got people talking and there's going to be a rematch and, and that'll be a good thing. Uh, so I don't think, I, I mean, unless it's proven that she was on the take, then I, I don't think this was a bad night for boxing, especially what you hear. I mean, it, was, it seems like it was epic. Now, I know when I end up watching the thing, it's going to be a week removed and all my takes on it are going to be old. Um, but... I I just I really wish I would have seen the damn things. Basically, what I'm trying to say. So I I agree, and I'm going to watch it when they replay it as well. Uh, but that just seems so out of sort that uh, that scoring. And yes, I think there was going to be a rematch no matter what. Everyone uh, to a man to a woman has said it was worth uh, the price of admission. You, you got your money's worth. You got everything you wanted. It was full of action. Uh, so it, it, it was it it. it was a good fight, and so you would there would definitely be a clamoring for a rematch, and 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 that you know out of line scoring notwithstanding, uh, everyone would want to see it again. So uh, it'd be interesting to watch it and 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 get a different perspective, uh, a blow by blow, uh, blow perspective uh, by seeing and not just relying on those who did see the uh, the fight. So all eyes are going to be on Odell Beckham Jr. If he's going to end up playing tonight against the Lions on Monday Night Football, he was a limited participant, as ah, Mike Tomlin would say, for the second straight partial, day. Partial. Partial participant yep. for the second straight day, and there is a chance of him playing. Uh, do you think by any chance that this is a, a whole ruse by Odell Beckham Jr., where he's holding out but not really holding out. So he's not getting fined. And he's making a bigger deal out of this injury than conspiracy theory, Tywin Gio and Jones. Making a yes, bigger deal out of yes. this injury than it is because he knows he's going to get fined. People are going to crush him for holding out. So he's saying, no, nah, I just can't go, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I just, I just, I just uh, can't go. Black helicopter time on Gio and Jones. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to put it past him considering how he was getting up. <laughs> Or he got up off the field, he was walking, then he collapsed, then he gets over the sideline, and then he jogs to the the locker room, doesn't make it to the locker room, and collapses again in the tunnel. I'm not going to put it past him. And nope. just, I usually would say, Gio, don't you go there. There's no way that's happening. But this one, I'm with you. And just yesterday, Jason Lockon Forrest said that they're back talking again and a deal could come in season. Mm. 
Ha ha! Oh, the dude would be running around like it's nobody's business. He get that huge deal inked. He's gonna be. He's gonna be flying. Whoo! You don't need needles. Just a few more zeros in front of that decimal point. That's it. Summer's heat can cause your battery fluids to evaporate, so get your battery tested for free. If your battery needs to be replaced, the professional parts people help you find the battery you need. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Uh, The Giants really need to do something offensively tonight. Uh, They were just putrid. I mean, of course, Beckham being there is is a big deal in what they're able to accomplish. But let's say he doesn't play. Uh, Brandon Marshall's got to get targeted. He's got to get open. I think he will. Paul Perkins in this run game, they have to do something. I mean, these Giants tackles are a mess. Uh, they got to figure out a way to run the ball. So it's uh, get other people involved. Be creative. Figure it out. I mean, you don't have a lack of talent on that side of the ball just because Odell Beckham Jr. isn't playing. And you, you drafted a stud tight end. You've got Sterling Shepard. Paul Perkins is a guy that I could definitely see you know, being a, a, a surprise this year if he gets a little bit of damn help. Uh, Eli Manning is, is someone that really he needs to show that he's not done. Uh, tonight, and and that the problems lie with the offensive line, and maybe not him. So this is a very very important game for the Giants, and uh, same thing for the Lions. I want to get off to a get off to a nice start. Right, hugely important for the Giants, and I, I think if Giants win this one, everyone in NFC East is now sitting at one and one. Uh, so uh, definitely a big ball game, and I think the Giants do win it. I don't see Matt Stafford uh, being able to uh, affect change on this defense like he did last week. Thanks to Sage Rosenfels, Mikey B, PDB, Bogish, Pierno, and four-year-old Ammonium AD. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Brian will be back tomorrow in studio. We'll keep it moving. Have a great day, everybody. G. Owen Jones right here on CBS Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.